rising everybody and welcome to show number 15 of the coffee diaries grand rising grand rising a day so tell us a little bit of you know we had this discussion um about uh toxic uh masculinity and you came up with the phrase uh toxic immaturity so can you can you talk a little bit about that yeah, um, so what I was thinking was is that when we say toxic masculinity, we're using masculinity as we are defining what it is. But if we take a step back and say a lot of the behaviour that we see being shown, a lot of it, I think, is very kind of immature behaviour. Mm. Um, behaviour that you'll, that you'll see that we haven't really grown out of like concerning the idea of me i want this this must happen i've got to i own this i was here first hmm. and we take these kind of behaviors and we use them in our in our adult life and they become exaggerated in our behavior yeah and if you're a guy of course we we so in regards to what we are seen as shown as being uh, masculine behavior which is what we got taught to you've got to be the strongest the fittest mm. the biggest muscles all the power this is mine i own this and these behaviors become exaggerated and i think in a quite a childlike immature way and i think to really look at this we got to really understand that i think this sense of me i want this i own that i was here first um, contributes to much of the issues that we see going on right now, whether it be relationships with people on evil, even environment. Mm -hmm. That's my land. I can do it. I can do with it what I want. Yeah. I bought it. I can do with it what I want. I was even here first. I can do with it what I want. Mm. Rather than looking at it as a holistic whole point of view, we are here together. But I think the sense of me, this identity, has got so out of control. And when it comes to masculinity, or how, or what we taught, what we were, I think we got to look at it, what we were taught masculinity is. Yeah. By what we saw on TV, mm -hmm. the behavior of men around us, behavior of people around us, we were taught a certain way. So what about a day if we go beyond the assumptions and look, what is it really? Yeah. And to question what we think it is. Hmm. Because when we think of the word masculinity, the first thing I comes to mind is the things I've been taught about it. But what if that is not it? I just assume these things because of what I've been told. What if masculinity is caring? Yeah. <clears throat> and caring could be, is the most extraordinary, um, maybe sometimes even the most difficult things you can do. That means being outside of yourself and putting mm. maybe someone else first. Yeah. That implies strength. Mm -hmm. That implies holding in unity. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is the masculinity. Yeah. 
and, and the the I like that you called it strength because I think in in some ways uh, growing up many uh, men or or before you know we've reached manhood we kind of look at that as a weakness and so we uh, defend against that against showing any weakness any vulnerability to be there with another person um to attempt to understand to to listen um especially this comes this comes out in a, in a lot of uh, relationships i think you know where maybe your significant other um may say hey there's these things that you did that i don't like and um you know in this this way that at least that i was brought up or that i took on this kind of um way of being where i just kind of shut shut down and um like be very stoic and just not you know no that's you know and uh not really consider the other person like be vulnerable take on um you know really take in what they're saying um rather the action from me was to prove that i'm right you know to to protect you know this identity of the me you know like that you talked about that that, that um that uh sense of self that sort of um image of of what it is to be a man what it is to be masculine i grew up uh you know with uh role models and <laughs> that uh you know we're, we're to be quite honest uh womanizers um you know a woman is supposed to do this man is supposed to go to work you know make the money do all these things and then it was all over when i was growing up in the movies i watched like um even like in in the movies like in the in the 40s where they would have the hysterical woman like the woman would start panicking and then the man would go slap out of it and smack, smack her and then you know she'd come out of it like what kind of message does that send uh you know uh, kids growing up watching that stuff you know that uh the hysterical woman you know which is saying that emotions are bad emotions are something to be contained so then while at the same time you're having emotions because we're human and emotions are a part of life so such a built-in sort of denial system linked into um our survival mechanism as as well as many things get linked into that because as as it becomes part of our identity you know we have to ego will do anything it can to maintain itself you know in in that identity you know so it's uh yeah it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to um begin to open up and to let some of that just to see it first you know as it comes up 
it's interesting as well that the one <clears throat> thing that has been allowed, the emotion, is anger, isn't it, that yeah. males can use, the one that is, uh, they can use. And it's really interesting because these things are so pervasive, what we think masculinity is. It's so pervasive mm. that it's never even questioned. And you just saying about those movies that we've watched and, you know, and we talked about the other, the other day, uh, uh, we talked about the other day in these action films. This guy has just brought down a whole building on people, killed 50 people, and walks off into the sunset with yeah. a, a cigarette <laughs> in his hand. And he's, and he's cool, you know. Um, is that... In any other walk of life, that would be quite psychopathic, wouldn't it? Somebody who yeah. didn't feel anything at all could just walk off, stroll off into the night. It's all okay. Everything's wonderful. And we don't really confront really what's going on. And we take these issues as being the truth. And it's interesting what you say. I remember watching a playing that game called Mortal Kombat yeah. as a child. And you had the things and you could play this game and and you would, you would kill somebody and the blood would all come out and the guy's <laughs> on the floor with no head on. And I think what that does, that kind of teaches us to see another person as an other. Yeah. Yeah, these movies we do, so we don't have any kind of real emotional connection. They're an other. They're different. Mm. So it's that kind of quashing of any kind of feeling for another person or another thing. And um, the training that we get to go through this as guys is immense, isn't it? Because. I like what your friend said the other day, go and watch the sports, go and <laughs> do this, you know, go and run around, go and, go and have a drink. Yeah. Just don't talk about it. And I remember one occasion we were <coughs> meeting a friend that we hadn't seen for a while. And of course, you know, as life goes, we're all going through stuff. And we know this particular guy has been going through a few issues. Mm. So we see each other and we go, oh, how you doing? And he goes, yeah, I'm cool. And he goes, how you doing? Yeah, we're cool. And yeah. we're, we're cool. Yeah. I don't think any of us were cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was things that we couldn't said. We couldn't, we couldn't say. Yeah. And I think we were trained not to say them because of you can't let another person know what's going on. Mm. Yes. We can't really. Yeah. And if you're able, Ade, let me ask you this, but if you're able to really express, wouldn't that be ex ex strength in, in, its, in its essence? that if you were really able to, this, this is how I am. Mm. Isn't that true strength? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because uh, last night I was listening to some of those 100 tracks that you've sent me. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm up to uh i think i'm up to number nine but they they are amazing i was listening to one of them i think it was creole it was a creole musician um who was quite uh it was quite good but uh yeah so i was listening i was i was home alone and you know i was doing there was nobody here and I felt like this freedom to like dance and I was doing all like to the music. The music was very soothing. And I found myself doing these sort of like ballet, almost sort of movement movements. And, and there was a part of me that was like, no, you're not supposed to do like this sort of uh, thing, you know, but I felt like, um, and you talk about strength, um, you know, earlier, uh, you know, th in this expression, getting in touch with that part, with that thing that I was running away from, and then just feeling it and expressing it. And there was such a power, such a strength in the gracefulness of it. And in the, and the movements were difficult, too. There was another kind of strength in you know, like I do, uh, I've been doing a lot of mixed martial arts now and stuff like that. Like, you know, but with this, it was like being balanced and, you know, um, using different small muscles and everything like that. And, and just the expression of it. So what came up to me, what came up for me was, um, this idea of masculine and uh, feminine, so-called masculine and so-called feminine energy. Um, what is what is the difference? And and um, are we missing something by putting labels on these things? Does it prevent us from experiencing? this part of ourselves something that's with within ourselves um that we kind of kind of put in a box and call it something put a, a label on it and say you know because with labels there comes some sort of history some like um feeling of no i haven't earned this or no this is not i haven't gone through the steps to activate whatever you know um or this, like, like you had talked about before, the the term uh, masculine, when we connect it with, uh, you know, uh, toxic masculinity, we think that masculine is toxic. So, like, what I thought is, what about what if this graceful movement is part of masculinity? Like, what if that's what that is as well? So. What I thought of when you said feminine and masculine, I thought of two oceans so we have let's say north ocean and south ocean and they come in together and then when they get to this point where they meet and there's a point though where we don't know where north and south is where does north end and where does south end mm. and maybe that's what masculine and femininity femininity is it's a rolling it's a fluid thing i guess on the extremes on the outer edges but as we get into it it's a flowing movement of things yeah. and there may be a different feminine energy and a masculine energy but it's the coming together of all of them 
anything in the extreme maybe the toxicity but in reality and even though we're calling it a north ocean and the south ocean it's actually one ocean mm. and yeah. the yin and yang symbols are in the whole and maybe that's telling us it's it's all of it is a flow all of it is going through each other and it's about understanding the connectivity of both so uh, they're in balance yeah yeah I, I i like that and 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 i and i think one way to i think dance is a really good way to experience that and to feel it um you know kind of express it in in a way you know I think anyway, where you're being, um, exp you know what, art expressing who you are, expressing your creativity, expressing your art, all of this I think is beneficial for who you are. Yeah. You're putting in a way yourself out there, your creativity, what you're doing. You're putting it out there, and you're saying, "This is me." Mm. This is my energy. This is how I feel. This is what's going on. And and I'm okay. There were some people who won't like it. And there's some people who will. And that is me. So I think in any kind of art form, when you put yourself out there, there is a, firstly, this great creativity, but I think there's this kind of great understanding of who you are. There's a great learning about it. And then you can understand about yourselves. Yeah. And there's a term that you use uh, a lot, Ade, you know, it's called holding space. Mm. How would you use that in regards to what we're discussing today in regards to masculinity? Because you and I had a conversation once, I mean, a while ago, and we talked about holding space. Yeah. Hmm. How would I use it in terms of masculinity? Yeah. I don't know. You know what? What is, what is, um, what is masculinity? You know, that's. I don't know what it is, <laughs> because I've been sort of uh, conditioned to think of it. You know, certain images come to mind. I think you 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 spoke about. You know, the the muscles, the the person in war who is dying, and he's a. Uh, and it's you know he has the in the film he has like the the dirt on his face and his his friend is oh you know is distraught and 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 he says oh it's time to go um do you have another cigarette and the guy he came and put in his mouth the friend puts the cigarette in the mouth and he lights it and he's like just leave me here you know leave me here alone <laughs> Go save yourself. I'm going to have this last cigarette. It makes it very romantic. And uh, so that's when I think of masculinity, you know, that's that's what I think. It's just don't let don't let anyone see any weakness. And I, I grew up that way. You know, I grew up in Crown Heights in, in Brooklyn and it was it was a very tough neighborhood. And 
my role models were the other kids that were maybe a little bit older than me. And we were all about being stoic, you know, just not showing any, you have to be hard, you have to know, you know, no feelings, you know, other than anger um, or laughing, you know, and when we laughed, we, when we really laughed, we all laughed hysterically at times where we would cry laughing. It was like that moment of everything coming out, all of that stuff that was built up, but the laughter felt more safe. You know, the laughter felt like, okay, we can all laugh together. We can't, we can't cry, you know. Imagine it. What happens at the end? It's all get together. That wasn't happening in my town at the So, you know, that's, that's, that's how we, that's how I grew up. And um, also in, in my, you know, my role models, um, certain family members, we like to drink, um, you know, and eat food. So that was being masculine, you know, eating a lot, a lot of meats, <laughs> steaks, all, you know, all that stuff, uh, drinking, and not those mixed drinks with the pina coladas or any of that stuff. You know, we drink the strong rum, <laughs> you know, the, the, the uh, West Indian strong rum or, or the beers or stuff like that. And yeah, you know, you get up, you drink, you get up and you go to work. And um, meanwhile, there was this thing that would come up, this unwanted, you know, uh, get into the holding space part, this unwanted visitor, you know, that would come up and it was like, what, uh, what is that? What is that? And I would feel terrified because what is that thing that's coming up in the stomach and in the diaphragm? And it was strange and it was scary and it was unknown. And I had to find some way to get away from it because that was the enemy. So essentially, I've made, I made myself the enemy because that's part of myself, right? So this thing had become the enemy. I had to drown it with, with alcohol, and which I did many years. I used to drink a lot, like in my teens and early 20s. Or, you know, other things, you know, obsess about sex or, um, you know, finding a, a girlfriend or many girlfriends or whatever, food, you know, trying to drown it with food and all these different ways, anger, rage, you know, rage, I would rage because it would all come to the boiling point and then I would snap and blow up and become violent and get into fights and all this stuff and I was drinking. So, you know, that gradually I've learned how to hold space for that, you know, and, and um, just to observe it, invite it in, um, recognize its innocence, even hold it with reverence, you know, as, as 
I talk, we have had discussions of being out in nature and not labeling the tree right away, but um, observing the tree with um, with reverence and 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 um, honoring the mystery of the tree and letting it reveal itself to me. So that's what the holding space was: is giving this space for letting this part to come up and reveal itself and in its different ways and um yeah and then i by doing that you kind of for the first time begin to exhale and to begin to let down these defenses and these walls that have been built around my heart and been causing physical pain as well throughout my life you know i've had a lot of stomach issues and different physical elements because of that masculine um you know uh that that wrong wrong perception of what masculinity is you know i think there's probably thousands hundreds of people who've done things talking specifically about young men here who've done things they don't want to do yeah because but they feel they have to do it to look tough or hard mm-hmm. who've ended up in all kinds of trouble yeah they didn't want to do the thing they were asked to do by their peer group but they felt they had to do it mm. look at the devastation that causes and also Maybe as well, I read this report that um, I think men go to doctors less than women. Yeah, I've heard that. And what's, what are we doing to ourselves then? Mm. What's going on inside? Because we may not show it outwardly, but it is going on. Whether it be stomach issues, bowel issues, kidney issues, whatever it is going on, it's affecting us, holding this in, this rigidity. Yeah. And it has to come out in some form. And um, I remember um, I was listening to that talk with Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin. And sometimes it comes out on the people we don't really want it to come out with, our peer group family, if we've been suppressing stuff in. Yeah. Where does it come out? And um, I think it's a lot behind how we, <clears throat> our behavior as a society, as a community, as a world, um, either to suppress, to mm. hold it in, mm-hmm. or to power over. Yeah than to exploit, than to use. And mm. that can be using of people, things, even concepts and ideas to control others. And we see its manifestation in today's world. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe this opportunity in this discussion um, is there a new way that we can define it? Is there a new way that we can look at it? Mm. 
And I think this new way will transform not only individual behavior, but not only family and group behavior, but worldwide behavior. Yeah. How we speak, how we interact with another. Because I think our whole um, paradigm is, because um, you know as well, when you watch the, um, the presidential elections, I'm the greatest, I'm the best, we're the best in the world. No, yeah. who, would, who would say that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so imagine I went down the street, oh, I'm the greatest, I'm this, I'm the best. Obviously, I've got some issues going on, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and I remember in some elections, it's about, you know, um, oh, I've got a war record. I went to <laughs> war. Yeah, vote for me. I've got a rec- <laughs> war record. I went and served. What about the guy who hasn't got a war record, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> volunteers in his local um, cherry? I don't know. Maybe, but why aren't they seen as the same? Yeah. So I think it will transform everything from top to bottom. And to make it okay, again as well, which is great having these long-form conversations, to have these long-form conversations Mm. with uh, partners and uh, friends. And to look at this sense of me. I want this. I want that. That is mine. I want to look good. I want to, you know what? Another one, added, I want to save face. I don't want anybody to re- really see behind this. You know, oh no, I can't let them see. Oh, vulnerable. Mm. If we t- turn it, uh, I think it was Brene Brown that said, there's a great power in vulnerability. Yeah. But we grew up with that word vulnerable, I think, meaning one thing. Um, You're at risk. Yeah. But maybe then, Ade, at risk from what? What about if it's going over the edge into a new way of seeing things? Like Mm. we go into the black hole of I don't know. That is a risk, isn't it? Yeah. So maybe risk then it doesn't come, it's not a scary thing. It seems that we're looking into how we are defining these words. And mm-hmm. maybe we've got to step back and stop making assumptions and look and look again. Yeah. Even like uh I think it's the Native Americans that they they are, I think I read this in the museum in, in New York, that there are different types of warriors. So there were warriors, but some of the warriors went to the battlefield and some of the warriors um, did this sort of, uh, stand, stood for peace, stood for um, trying to, um, you know, uh, uh, cooperate, um 
try to solve issues by uh, talking, by you know certain principles like uh, tolerance and understanding and things like uh, of that nature. And uh, yeah, the the vulnerability piece can be very scary, you know, because you feel like you're gonna you're gonna if you become vulnerable, then the other person will have the upper hand. And once they do, how will you regain any sort of uh, footing? You're gonna you're gonna lose uh, yourself. Um, and as you said, kind of going, you know, um, going going off of that uh, ledge and um, into that place of of unknown um, doesn't mean that we are going to just let someone you know doesn't mean you're going to let someone just walk all over you and and like uh you know um have their way with you you know there is this and to enable to to be able to use i think um discernment and one's inner wisdom um and i think you have said this before you can enter things consciously, you know. So you 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 enter them with your eyes open, and even if things don't go out the way go the way that you want, it's always a learning lesson. You know, there, there's always a lesson to be uh, learned. But nothing new is going to happen if if we all just close ourselves from that. And just um, so you know, just keep resolidifying our stake and our power, you know, in, in what we want and in, in, in our in our stance. And you know, I'm not budging on this. You know, I'm I'm just this is the way that it is, and I'm not willing to see anything else. Um, willing to even entertain any other uh, perspectives. Um, I see that a lot in the world, uh, you know, today where we just right away jump down some other person's throat and, you know, they say anything that is one of the catchphrases that you don't speak about in this way, you know, then we cancel them or we um you know insult them and just try to crush them <laughs> basically um rather than listening um asking questions i think one of the things and you do this a lot is asking questions is is probably like the remedy for um egoism and and sort of false pride because you're you're saying that i'm I don't know everything, you know, and I'm I'm willing to to learn and to listen and to take on your perspective and to consider it, you know, and um, and I think that is also part of holding space for another person. Is you're saying, okay, well, I don't know, you know, I've sometimes it's hard to 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 do that. Like just recently, I was talking with someone <laughs> and. Uh, like it, it got into some political stuff and um i just had a i i you know i had a hard time just saying well just with the idea of 
well, maybe they have a point, you know, like, and I could tell that it was, I was just feeling afraid. I didn't want them to, um, I don't know. I didn't want to show any, I, I thought I was going to lose something, you know. <laughs> and I think that comes down to, so like we explained before, a lot of times we're influenced by our upbringing and what we saw. Yeah. So there's a teacher named um, Neely Fuller who I got the the word from I'm still learning. Mm. So he's become an example. And his thing was, you know, um, to was, was always, he said, stay in the question lane. Yeah. Because you find stuff out. So I had an example of a man who was acting in this way. Mm. So then any precepts that I couldn't do the same were gone because I had a someone I admired who was acting in this way. So that then makes it easier for me to be the same way. And his thing was always learning, always finding out. And so he wasn't motivated by, I've got to defend this image. I've got to yeah. defend this ideas. His thing was, I don't know. So let me find out. And you know what? Sometimes as well what happens, um, I worked in a school and you ask a question. Do you know there are a lot of people who don't put their hand up? Not because they don't know, because they're afraid of being wrong. Yeah. So we... So what we decided to do, we decided to change that rather than say, you know, um, ah, he's got the answer and you'll see me, 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 me. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What about this person or that person? And also when the answer maybe wasn't correct, there's a way of saying it where, because we know, you know, what what happens, you know? Uh, so there's a way of approaching it. Oh, because sometimes not having the correct answer is an is an admission that you've learned another thing that doesn't work. Mm. So we're always uh, learning things. So I think sometimes not w- wanting to save face. Yeah, it's limits in regards to then what we learn because then we're not open to new information it limits our what our behavior because we're not we don't want to how many people do you think out there are they men men boys you know who would love to be dancers whatever singer but you know i don't do that yeah don't want to do that yeah i want to play the piano but uh yeah (laughs) i'm not doing that but they would like to. They have an interest in it. Uh, but what will my mates think, or what will Johnny mm. down the road say, or you know, you've got to fit in, or you got ten guys going out to a bar. One guy doesn't want to go, but he, he oh, I'll go along just to fit in. Yeah. And we see that in schools with children, they mm. do it to fit in. Mm-hmm. We do it to be one of the group. Mm. We do it to look cool. Yeah. I think that's why I called it toxic immaturity. 
rather than toxic masculinity. Because the same behaviours that we see growing up, just as adults, we can now justify them better. Yeah. You've learned how to say the correct things. Oh, yes, so oh, that's fine, yes. But I think if we're going to make, um, do things different, we've really got to look at, look at this. And all our systems are, you know, they're just painted, they're just smothered in it. Almost mm. every single system that we have, political systems, ideological systems, ways of being are smothered in this toxicity. Yeah. And uh, now's the time to look at something else. And it starts with, like you said, here, holding space, seeing what comes up. Yeah. I mean, it's only through starting with that where we can hold space for another person. You know, um, if I'm not able to do it for myself, when, you know, and I've noticed this in relationships, when my, you know, partner would say, would be upset, just show some emotion, then it's like, you know, it's an immediate defense comes up. Or the strategy is, oh, this is what you can do to feel better. You know, so try to, um, how can we fix it? How can we fix things so that you feel better, so that I feel safe? <laughs> you know, that's basically it. Or in my mind, not saying it to the person, why are you doing this to me? Everything is fine. Why are you causing trouble? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like, why are you shaking? What is the reason to... To shake the, the 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 shake things up, keep everything everything is fine, and that's what they call um, in the uh, Indian um, culture. Uh, uh, Kali is the uh, I think it's Kali is the uh, destroyer. I think it is. Is it Kali the destroyer? I might be getting it incorrect, but I I or is it Vishnu? It might be Vishnu. Uh, but I think it's Kali. Kali's the one that's holding the severed head. Um, I think Kali's got the, is it the black tongue and the eight? Is it eight? No, the seven heads, isn't it? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so, yes. But one of them is the one that shakes things up, you know. And um, and so in, in a way, like when the shaking things up is is part of life. I think it's more in alignment with the reality of life. You know, I may want things to stay a certain way, but my physical body is moving, you know, there's uh, the heart is beating, everything is in constant uh, movement. Emotions are coming, you know, um, the body gets old. This thing that we call um, a death of the body will come at, at a certain point. And so, like, at a certain point, things are going to, you know, shake up. And 
So to be able to, to be with someone who is um, invading, <laughs> invading my space with their stuff, you know, their emotions, um, their, you know, upset, their anger, their sadness. And then it's like, okay, like, and you talked about it, that uh, given room to, that it's not just about me, you know, it's not just about, it's not just about me. And in a way, it, this, this is the, the, the great I, the, the me, and so it is an opportunity to expand this sense of self by opening and letting someone else's world, you know, opening up to someone else's world, to their emotions and to being um, there for them, you know, being compassionate, um, uh, affectionate, whatever it is that is needed, you know, at that moment. But yeah, it, it does start with um, being able to do it to yourself. And to be able to do it with yourself is not something that I think most of us men learn growing up. So that's part of the uh, the problem. And I, I see it also with my son, how I sometimes will, you know, like <laughs> for Valentine's Day, you know, I gave my younger and uh, eldest daughter a rose and my mom came to visit us recently and she she noticed that i did and then she said what about your son and i was like i was like ah he's fine (laughs) 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 and and i thought yeah (laughs) i i recognized like yeah why didn't i you know, like, what am I, like, uh, teaching him, really, that, you know, you just give it to, so, yeah, I mean, she was right about that, which got me a little bit irritated, like, <laughs> my thing was like, ah, get, mind your business, why are you bringing that up, <laughs> tell me how to be a parent. <laughs> <laughs> You as well. You remember in those in those movies, yes? And a guy has been shot in his stomach or something. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, yeah, he goes, no, I'm cool, I'm fine. <laughs> and he walks another. He's got a wound the size of his hand coming off. And yeah. he's fine. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but, did you know what? The simple thing is, though, we learnt all of these things. Yeah. We were trained a lot of times to to be this way from from the beginning, from our parents and friends. It's just training. So much of it is training, mm. and just to see it for what it is. And no, it, and it doesn't mean before. I think maybe something you have to address. It doesn't mean that you just a walkover. That yeah. people can do anything you want to and. You have to you've got to run off or whatever. No, there'll be, there'll be, but you're not led by this old sense of me. I've got a safe face. Yeah, you're not led by that anymore. So you can sit back, and there'll be a times when wisdom will say walk away. 
Yeah. And there'll be a time where wisdom may say the next few moments are going to be very tricky. Mm. But you're not led by this, you know, this holding on to this idea of who I am. Mm. I think from that comes a greater capacity yeah. for all of us. We stop and look. And it's 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 in so much of our behaviour, so much of what we do, you know, in its um how much of the way we see the world, you know, even in regards to what we think is a men's colour and a women's colour, ah maybe there may be some gender I don't know, yes, but a yeah. lot of these things that are are trained into us, you know. Oh, and I read this article a while ago and I don't know where and from what. But it was, I think that pink was originally a color that men wore. Mm. It wasn't always a color that we attributed to women. Yeah. So a lot of the things are we've we've uh, learned. And listen, there's another way of looking at things and doing things, really. Yeah. Yeah, like I've... <laughs> you know the color the color thing is is one thing i mean i still have i had a pink shirt i don't think i've i've i wore it once um even uh like i started uh doing um got back into mixed martial arts and since starting i have a wrist injury two <coughs> shoulder injuries a calf injury and a lower back injury <laughs> because I, fine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I just I I push through, so I feel it. My body says, "Ow!" and I'm like, "Come on, let's go, let's go!" And I'm I'm hitting the mitts with my with my trainer, and using the right hand, and I'm like, "Ah!" and I. And there's this part of me that's like hiding it. Like, finally, it hurts so much. I I went like this, and my trainer said, uh, "You know, lay off on uh, uh, hitting it." But yeah, there's this thing that um, I can't. Oh my gosh, I can't show that there's an injury, and I, I you know, um, I feel pain mm. because to show I feel pain um, is to be vulnerable, you know, and maybe there's a part that's like, um, I don't know if it's like a primitive part. Like if you're an animal out there, you don't, the, uh, the, the predator will go after the, the weak one. Mm -hmm. So if they see any weakness, they'll like, if they're going after a herd of elk, they'll see the one that's a little weakened you know and um they'll go after that one they notice they're very perceptive in that way and that's how i grew up you know uh growing up th there was that in my neighborhood the the predator would go after the one that seemed weak you know the the, the one that um seemed a little vulnerable and then they'll kind of pick after that one or like you know if you know if you if you go into uh, prison 
they'll always tell you anyone like messes with you at all like the first person you got to fight them right away you know you don't back down the first person and then that shows other people and you know certain areas maybe that's um justifiable but now taking that into relationships when you're at home or being that way with your kids or you know just whatever in, 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 in just your everyday life in in, in the supermarket you know just uh, <laughs> i don't want to uh, i don't know i don't want to ask the worker where this um vegetable is or whatever whatever it, it is or i don't want to tell my doctor that i'm having some male problems or to check certain areas like i mean men really have like get into serious uh trouble you know like uh they don't get like certain checkups because oh no i'm you know that's scared and that's not manly and and all this sort of uh stuff so yeah i mean when you're in a uh, in certain situations of course you know you you go into you're in a prison but to, like you said to take these behaviors out into everyday world i mean that's uh i guess where the problem is really and so i guess it's to kind of um, look at it i remember being in school and at sometimes it did feel like going to war mm. uh going to school and it wasn't the greatest time of life i can admit to you having to constantly prove. Uh, fortunately, I was quite good at sports, so I had that. But in other ways, you know, constantly trying to prove, and it, it does sometimes it can make your school time a real nightmare because you're not being who you are. A lot of time you're not doing the things that you want to do. Mm having to save face. What's that? I think, you know what? It's, um, oh, do you remember in the, in the movie Malcolm X, when um, that guy says to Malcolm X, I had to do it to keep my rep. Mm. And he had to do, he had to do something. I can't remember what it was, you know, to keep your reputation, to keep this, to keep these things and ideas. Yeah. What we do, what we sacrifice. And I think a lot of us do these at even low levels to keep our reps. Mm -hmm. And it may be just little things in a little, um, in a, in a one-to-one -one relationship. Yeah. It could be like you said, looking for the beans in the supermarket. It could be just be anything. Not wanting to look stupid. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've I've been there uh, growing up a lot. So, yeah, we do these things, and it's um, really um, it destroys us. I think. Yeah. One of the greatest uh, words that, uh, grow, you know, growing up that a lot of guys use is I know before it's even before the words even come out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Or, um, I'm fine. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. Everything's good. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. That's no problem. <laughs> yeah, that's wicked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then we, we love... Uh, a lot of a lot of guys love when, and it gives us a little bit of a re- relief when the they love when the sports person gets emotional or the politician cries. Then it's like, ah, oh, okay, it's safe. You know, when when the football player has a moment of vulnerability, so we want that stuff. You know, so it, it, when the football player gets emotional, starts crying and like, yeah, you know, this one was for my my mother. This one was for this person. And then, you know, it's like, ah, oh, I can let go of some of that. It's OK. I can. Ah, it's OK. It's OK to feel um, the emotion. Yeah, it's. And I, I think it also, I mean, for me, it influences how I relate to other males as well, because there's this feeling of, um, I'll, you know, I'll be this, I'll be this masculine sort of like person, like I won't, in my own way, I won't show any sadness or vulnerability or or things like that, you know, and um, and it's like a, a surface level sort of relationship. It's interesting as well that so many of the sports we play are so violent. Yeah. So many of the films we watch are so violent. So many of the games that we play lots of you know what's that is that film game they play is it tour of duty that computer game Mm. or whatever game it's called yeah Um, call of duty yeah somebody's so violent yeah and gandhi said um i think it was gandhi please let me know if i got the quote correct he said i'm not gonna let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet I think when we allow all these things into our heads, into what we're watching and reading and taking in, we're allowing others to walk through our minds with their dirty feet. And with a false concept of reality. Mm. Um, So what about if we look at these, these, the definitions and say, they do not serve us anymore. Yeah. And redefine them. And then we can forge a new way, not limited by what we saw in the past. So we're not going to pick people for leadership positions on their war record. Hmm. We might pick them on their compassion and their humanity and their empathy and a character trait which serves what we would like to see happen. Yeah. Let's redefine all these words. Softness does not mean weak. 
um, was it a bamboo bends over in the wind, but a bamboo mm. is not weak, is it? It bends with the flow. Yeah. Yeah, which, <laughs> which like uh, reminds me of and uh, in, in talking about the violent sports and the bamboo. Uh, one of my favorite uh, boxers is Floyd Mayweather, which uh, I don't know if you know him, but his personality, um, people can call him uh, arrogant and all other you know things because he's very boisterous and. He's always talking about, he says, I'm the greatest in the world. You know, he's always saying uh, he's the best. And uh, But when you look at how he is in the ring, for him, other boxers would just go, you know, they will brawl. You know, they they get punched a lot and they just go in there and fight. Uh, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, a lot of people uh, don't like him because... Uh, he has such great uh, intelligence as a boxer and defense. So he is playing very strategically. And I just watched the fight with him, old fight with him recently. And um, there is a certain humility uh, that he has, you know, that even when the crowd is chanting, because, you know, wanting them to go after each other and the other guy is just swinging and swinging. Uh, Floyd is just not listening. You know, he's in his own game plan and being strategic. And, you know, what he had said is his message that he's trying to give pass down to other boxers coming up is you don't have to do this sport and leave the sport with brain damage. Because, you know, Muhammad Ali was great. And when he used to, when he, before he, he had Parkinson's and, and um, before he got sick, a lot of people didn't like him. And they would say a lot of, you know, a lot of people were against him because he was outspoken. But he said, but then everyone loved him when he was in a wheelchair and, and couldn't speak much. And um, so his message was, don't give in to like these ideas of what it is to be a good uh, boxer. You know, you can do this sport and do it well. Floyd May Mayweather just retired and zero defeats, won every single uh, match, still is intact, only got hit a few times, you know, a, a few times that really shook him. But he he has his health. And um, so that's one of the messages he's trying to teach. So even though on the surface, he seems like this boisterous person, this big ego and everything, but the way that he uh, did the sport of boxing was in his own way and really showed a lot of humil humility, patience, tolerance, and um, not willing to give in to this sort of idea of what a man is. And you can see... Uh, what being masculine is and you can see the artistry in how he boxes it's just great to watch him as an artist when he's in the when he's in the ring i guess on that subject as well yeah. he learned what serves and what doesn't serve his uncle and his father were boxers as well exactly yeah he saw 
he saw people who fought for years end up with nothing. Yeah. He saw for people who's fought for years end up badly injured. Yeah. He saw he saw people that had been bullied into contracts to do fights they didn't want to do and got damaged. Yeah. So he goes, well, I can't speak for Floyd Mayweather, but you know, <laughs> he, he, he saw what didn't work. What will work? Firstly, I'm in this sports, but the aim is not to get hit. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how rich you are, if you're not well, it doesn't really count for much. Hmm. Uh, I saw people getting ripped off. So let me yeah. promote myself. Yeah. I saw people go into battles because they heard the crowd baying, go and get him, go and get him. Yeah. No, I've seen people do that and I've seen what happened to them. Yeah. I'm not going to try to please you because when I'm at home at night in agony and pain, you who was baying for blood <laughs> will not be coming to my house to, to help me to feed me, to look after me, to comfort me when I'm when I'm ill. Yeah. So I think that takes so a great strength in knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get pressurized by others to do something I don't want to do. Yeah. And that takes great strength, confidence, I guess, in who you are, and you can be a boxer, a chef a whatever it is i've found a way to do this thing i enjoy this way and i'm going to go this way a lot of people may not say and i'm not even going to get into any arguments with them i don't i don't need to get defensive either do i yeah oh i'm this i'm that i don't need to this is my expression whatever your field is i'm going to go this way At least then at the end, you can say, I did it my way. Yeah. I tried, you know, because I don't know, uh, uh, I've not lived to 150, but I was thinking that, you know, one of the things that may may be was, could be a regret, could be, I didn't try this thing that I wanted to do mm. because of self, that or other people's feelings. I didn't make do this project because I uh, I really wanted to. Yeah. But I didn't do it. It's interesting as well that you remember we talked about this last week in uh, the filmmaking. Can we make films a different way? And SBO talked about making films that we had fun in it. And we talked about, you know, your project as well. So from making new films to singing different songs to creating new ventures to our leaders having different qualities that we will define masculinity as, will we'll transform everything in our behaviours. And someone saying, I don't like you, before we get defensive, I've got to protect my identity, we might go... Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. 
because it probably is fine. There are probably times when you don't even like yourself. <laughs> so you, <can> probably, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah, you know what? I actually agree with you. <laughs> there are times I don't even actually like myself. So thank you for uh, pointing that out. Yeah. So to toxic immaturity. Um, so we, we, we just talked about uh, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather and um, there is a maturity that's, that's there, you know, in, in, in um, how, he, how he represents himself, how he carries himself in, in the ring and um, some of the uh, decisions that he seems to make uh, in his life. Um, yeah, so what is, what is the, what is immature is, is not bending, uh, with the wind. So, you know, like, like that, that bamboo is mature. What is immature is to just stay there and, and just, you know, you, you, you just break off because something's always going to, there's always going to be someone that hits harder, that is stronger. There's always going to be something um, that, um, you know, is stronger, faster, more intelligent, you know, um, all these different things. And so learning that um, that's not, a measure of my value and um, is important to to recognize that so and part of it is is uh, for me is what is is connected to my self worth what is it, you know, what does it mean to be of, of value, to be worthy, you know, um, what are the quality, what are the qualities that represent, uh, worthiness? And if we've learned that these qualities are just being stoic and strong and, and rigid and appearing, a certain way or always being right or always winning being the strongest being the most powerful then we're always going to be um in a, a constant struggle because there's always going to be something or someone that's going to be you know more powerful in those specific ways you know um there's always going to be someone that knows something that I don't know. Um, and so the, what about if the value is, if we just solve the problem with that by recognizing that our value is inherent in the fact that we are, in the fact that we exist, just like any other part of nature. 
so we don't have to get to any place or prove anything. So the, the value is all is already there. And, and then one can perhaps be free to express uh, authentically in, you know, um, whatever ways that one wants to express, whatever, whatever is coming up in the moment. Ade, I think you said it there. If the value is already here and we don't, there's no requirement for anything outside, all that stuff having to prove points or be this and that falls away. Yeah. Immediately. See, I can't be enhanced because I have a Ferrari. Yeah. I can't be enhanced by their labels of certain clothes mm. on my back. <clears throat> I can't be enhanced by jewelry around my neck. Yeah. It's very interesting that sometimes you find it's come of, the poorest people have some of the most expensive items of clothes on. Mm -hmm. because they feel there's something to prove yeah but if we know the value is in us and nothing can add to that anyway um, learning and making mistakes are growth in fact let's look for the mistakes because that's where I'm going to grow constructive criticism is valuable mm. saying there's a book i don't know much about it but i heard it from dr carr and um it was from jesse owens i think it's his last book and i think jesse owens in the 60s was against the black power movement and I think his last book was, I Have Changed. Mm. I think it was called, I Have Changed. And that as well is a growing, you know, I understand that my point where I was, but I have changed. Yeah. I'm not rigidly keeping to this way of being. It doesn't serve anymore. Mm. And for knowing it's all within and not in a you know a concept or it's all within you know no it actually is what we require then names places concepts thoughts ideas they can't add to us and they can't take anything away from us yeah being called a sissy That's an S, an I, an S, an S. You put it together, that's a word. What does that mean to me? Absolutely nothing. It can't take away from anything that I have. Mm. I'm sure it's the same with you. How many times did you see a fighting break out between guys over a word? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Over a football team they support or a basketball team they support. Hmm. A political party they support. Yeah. A nation they support. It, it could be over over anything, and, and, and yeah, it, it is this uh, you know the toxic immaturity. I used to get into fights all the time, and uh, growing up, I used to like fighting. But there was one time where uh, you know I was drinking, and there was some other guy uh, there, and I got into some stupid argument, and right away I escalated it to let's go outside and fight <laughs> i was very drunk and it would be an understatement to say things didn't go my way <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so th this guy uh you know he basically had his way with me and um <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, so after like my cousin was there with me after my cousin picked me up from the ground and I was like a little dizzy and like my face sort of def deformed <laughs> and <laughs> and the guy's like putting on his jacket. The What I say to him is, come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> you know, rather than going home and, you know, taking care. <laughs> you had to uh, say something yesterday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had to show them that I'm still, you know, ready. I'm not giving up. And, uh, yeah, if he, if, like, luckily, he was just like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we hear this sometimes, don't we? You know, in um, in um, martial arts, that the the fighter wants to go out on their shield. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> you'd rather be carried out, yeah, unconscious. You know, just like that. Rather and, and you know I, I, yeah, and that's kind of glorified. And I think we've seen that in our movies. You know, with the at the end, the gladiator is just dead, but he gave his all to the last, and they yeah. picked him up and uh, it carried him off on the shield, and that was yeah. where he became the warrior. And but this notion of warrior, and you said it before in the First Nation communities around the world had very different meanings depending on where you were. Yeah. There were many different types of warriors. So this old way, which is, I think, one way which we have learned in this society we've grown up with, yes, but there are 15 to 20 others maybe of being a warrior. Yeah. And, maybe, and that warrior was not defined by uh, sex, by, yeah. by gender. So we could, if we redefine what it is or even broaden it to what it is, because it may be today, a warrior may be, was it? Um, live to fight another day, Bob Marley. Um, yeah. 
Oh, what's what's the track called? Um, oh, I can't remember what the song is called. I I, I remember the line. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It may be on this particular day. You know, it's not your day in whatever it is. Yeah, we're using our smarts, our wisdom. Yeah. Yes. So how do we, um, so what ways is there, Addy, that we go forward with this? Um, we've spoken about building community. We've talked about connection with other people, holding space. Mm. And, um, yeah, so what ways do we go forward? We spoke of, you know, not maybe not taking on board what these old definitions mean. Yeah. I think one of the one of the ways is to understand, as you always say, that we're still learning. It's it's very important to um, uh, to recognize where um, where we recognize our mistakes, our mis missteps, and to be. Um, to recognize it first without without condemnation and, and not in, in a uh, pejorative way that uh, this means that I am bad or, or anything like that, but more in, a, in sort of a logical uh, way. Like if you're if you're a child and you're learning how to walk, you're going to make mistakes and you correct you correct them. You know, and you 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 try to to um, you do it over, and, and you you know, um, in martial arts, my trainers always commented on certain mistakes, and um, so it's not enough to me to recognize it, say, oh yeah, I see that mistake, and then just continue to do it. But there's a part of me that's like, no, I just want to do it my way. I don't want to recognize. I just want to be. Like we could also misuse this sort of um, the word authenticity as kind of this is just who I am. (laughs) (laughs) We could say I'm just being my authentic self. I've accepted who I am. And uh, and and you may and that's fine, you know, as long as you're not hurting someone, but it can still it can keep you into a a place of just be your world being very small, you know? So, and I've gone through that as well. Like you can get into the phase of self-acceptance of being who, who you are. And, but taking that to an extreme, you know, um, and you can bypass spiritual language gives you so many different tools to bypass everything. You know, you can say, well, this is, it's just a concept, you know, it's a, everything's just a concept and, um, and, and which on some level is true. Um, but as you had mentioned to me uh, at one point, is it true experientially? Have you experienced that? Or is it, is this just a concept? You know, the concept, everything's a concept, it's just a concept. You know, that's just another concept as well. 
you know, so those are just words as well. So experiencing, I think when you feel something is a misstep, that you've, you've made a, you can feel it. And that's also part of that immaturity. If you can feel it, but you're just ignoring it and bypassing. But I can feel when something is, doesn't sit right, you know, like, you know, um, it, it, it really takes a power of discernment. It's really a dance. It's really, and maybe it is both of that, those energies, the feminine and, and masculine and being able to see the, 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 um, the relationship between the two and the movement and everything. Because I think you, one has to say, okay, um, yeah, I'm going to be my authentic self and express um, but if that if in that expression something comes up where there's a mistake and it may, and I can feel it, then there, there there does hopefully there's room for making a course correction. You know, that's okay. I could feel that didn't feel right, so I'm gonna uh, you know correct it. May, wh whatever it is, you know, or else I'm just like the. There's this experiment that scientists made where they started giving, I think it was like rats, uh, cocaine. It was some, it was some, some drug. They were like torturing these rats, and in, 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 you know, for this exper experiment. So when the rats would push this button, they get this hit of this drug, you know, and and we can do that and just keep pressing the button, but say, I'm just wanting to be here in this authentic i'm just uh, you know i'm just being authentically me and not judging and not so there's there's something i think um where we don't want to be an idiot as well we don't want to be you know um we, we don't want to make stupid uh, choices and and, and and it's important to correct mistakes and to to experience to be able to experience and to say yeah maybe i should take an action doing something differently and that might mean stepping into that place of the unknown and that might mean being vulnerable and saying i don't know Yeah, I think this uh, to toxicity of immaturity pervades all all parts of society. So, like you said, even in spirituality, uh, I think spirituality is the greatest hiding place of the ego. Yeah, wonderful because you can say and do justify anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is no self. I, you know, whatever it is, yeah. it can be used, and we've seen harmful behaviour because of it. And, you know, I've seen a few discourses and discussion groups and you think, really, is this going on here in this place? Mm. Um, yeah, so I think we've got to look at that. And it's honesty, isn't it, really? With your really being honesty and knowing when this, this, this uh, confliction comes up and you're able to just see it, being honest with yourself. Um, 
maybe something comes on that you can't accept and say, you know what, be honest, I can't accept this at the moment or be honest with what's coming up. Yeah. Be honest. Um, yes, we are driven by a maybe primal or genetic drives that if we're looking to be universal beings, what served, what it didn't even serve before, but what happened before does definitely not serve now. Mm. Whether it be environmental or spiritual or just ways of living. Yeah. It, it's not a, it's not a kind of trick question we can see. Mm. In our in our treatment of uh, the oceans of people of wherever you came from, in fact, we're st- in fact we're still talking about issues. And when you think it's actually two thousand twenty-two, these same discussions have been going on for f- hundreds of years. Yeah, racism. Are you really not liking me because of my skin is this color? In 2022, mm. which I think is premise on the fear of me and what I will lose, we did the same things regards to 2022. What a travesty if it's we're having this discussion in 2082. Yeah. Or what about if we came back a day in 2,430 <laughs> and we saw two guys here, oh, it's all, it's all these things going on. Oh, say, what, what are you thinking? Yeah. We were talking about this 400 years ago on the Coffee Diaries podcast, and it was going on 400 years before that. Hmm. This, still being, this sense of me, is it still going this separation that we've created, is that really going on in 2,430? I hope not. I think it's down to each particular mind-body. I think it starts with yourself. And if we start with ourselves, then I think it exudes out into every kind of, in, in all of our relationships. And then stop and think, does this really, have I been trained to think this way? Or is there another way of seeing it? Yeah. Have I been trained to like this violence? Or is there another way of doing it? Mm. I've been trained to treat this person this way, act in this way, aggressive in this way. Because like when you said in regards to making mistakes, uh, um, uh, being afraid to make a mistake, we've learned that because as you know, you know, when you've got children, we don't see children fall at uh, six month old falling over and going, Oh God, I made a mistake. It's yeah. terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> no. I'm not going to try and walk anymore. I forget it. 
<laughs> Get me a chair. I don't want to walk anymore, please. And we don't see two branches, and one branch says, "Oh, I'm better than you. I'm higher up on the tree than you." Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> we don't see that. Or imagine we saw two raindrops falling down, and on the way down, they were arguing about who was going to hit the floor first. Mm. We will stand there in utter amazement. Yeah. But I think we do that uh, a lot. And if we see it makes no sense, then, and we really see it, how do we continue on with this way if we see it doesn't serve because serve the kind of world that we say we are trying to create yeah if we genuinely mean we are trying to create a new world then many of the thoughts ideas systems ways of being this sense of me this immaturity of wanting to be led someone else to tell me who i am does not serve the new way. Mm. And it hasn't served and it hasn't served for a long, long time. And I will say probably it never served except for a tiny maybe clique who would like control. Mm. It's never actually served. So if it never actually served, then what does little four-year-old Johnny say? Johnny, if it doesn't serve you, where do we go? Johnny might say, let's try a new way. Mm. And it starts here and now. And there'll be challenges, of course, because I like what Rupert says, even when you pull out the plug, the fan will keep going for a while. Yeah. So not to be too hard on yourself when the old mechanisms come up and beat yourself up about it. Because that's, you know, okay. The fan's still running for a bit, then let's, let's see it. And slowly. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things is we don't just... Uh, be mindful of when the judgments come. Um, we can allow ourselves to experience life and to be here with what is without putting all these judgments onto it, good or bad or right or wrong. Did you get as your son a flower a day? <laughs> yeah it's uh you know it's funny i i i i noticed that when i was going to go buy the flowers i did notice like should I? Ah, oh, no, I, he doesn't need one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's made me mindful of um being able to be there for him in 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 more of a uh, affectionate way and more of a way that is not so you need to be like a sort of unfeeling man you know sort of thing you got to be strong you got to be tough you got to be all of these things you know um because it's interesting isn't it because uh you like nature so you know in regards to when we look at you know the say ikibana the japanese art of flower arranging mm-hmm. would would we turn that masculine or feminine? We'll just look at it for what it is. So yeah. maybe it's just to, yeah. If you had arranged it in a different way and use it and put a Zen coin at the bottom and give it to your son. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. So yeah, this is, uh... One of the things that this, I think, conversation um, um, uh, brought up is the word opportunity. That's um, when I'm thinking of mistakes and when I'm thinking of how sometimes we've been kind of programmed to think of masculinity in a certain way this conversation brought up the word opportunity. So there's opportunity in our mistakes to learn, to expand, to experience something new. In, in, in allowing myself to be vulnerable, there's opportunity to become acquainted with uh, more of me and therefore with more of others who, um, you know, because now I don't have to put up, I'm not so terrified of emotions so there's so much opportunity um to be had when um when taking that sort of step into that uncertainty stepping outside of everything i think i know or stepping outside of that sort of comfort zone and also Incarnate in these bodies, there is this enormous opportunity and potential to feel, to be human, to be a being. If we suppress it all, we don't get the full magnitude of life, do we? Mm. So we don't feel the things that comes up and not be attached to them, but actually let them come and let them go through and then they go off into the sunset but we can actually feel it yeah if we spend so long suppressing it down there it causes so many issues in the body so i don't is that then really if we become feeling if we're not are we fully human then if we don't if we suppress all of these things within us or even are we fully, and then on the other end, are we human if we are just led robotically by our conditioning? So either way, is that being fully human? 
is mm. fully human to feel it all, but not being led, not being led robotically by our training, what we think, but to allow it to still feel it all. Yeah. To be a full um, being. Mm. And a universal being. And I say universal because that's the um, quote that Neely Fuller said, to go beyond what we have been, to become the universal beings that is a possibility. Mm. And we finish with the word, like you said, the possibility. which is an open word, isn't it? And the possibility is that, you know, it's, and also allows us to look at, yes, there will be in that possibility, because we don't know, there is vulnerability. Yeah. And mistakes are not what we thought they were. If we learn from them. If we keep falling into the same ditch a hundred times over, then we're not learning and growing. If we fall into it once and get out and say, you know what, next day we're going to walk around it, then that first day may not have been a mistake. That most that first day changes into I went to school that day, or I had yeah. learning that day. Yeah, that redefines what we think of that word. But to do that, we have to look at what we've done. It seems to be we look at what we've done, what's happened, really see it, sit with it. And then learn from it and go a different way rather than being led constantly like a you know what's that uh around the like those rats around the kind of uh, <laughs> a course yeah or horse races around the course being led around constantly and sometimes we're led in these by our fears mm. not our joys yeah Yeah, that's that's a good point. What's what's leading us? The fear, recognizing the fear, or recognizing um, the joy. What feels good? Um, what feels good to the body? You know, rather than this movement to get away from the boogeyman. Get away from the monster in the, in the closet. Do you remember in the in that movie when the monsters were in the closet, and finally, I think the uh, they work out that if they allow the monster in and and they share time with them, he's not really a monster. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and even, yeah, so the name Monster creates an idea of this big thing with fangs and hair coming out and all kind of things. What have we named this thing? A, um, a Mr. Moogly Woogly, who's in the uh, he's, he's yeah. in the cupboard. Yeah, they just take away all of these ideas. Yeah, and like, it, oh, it seems to always come back to how we define these things. It seems mm. to always come back to our picture that we create of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the picture of what 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 we have created, which seems to serve some uh purpose not that we not that we have um put the purpose there but it seems like these things were put into place for a reason maybe to control maybe to i mean we start teaching kids about monsters and scary things and putting it on tv and you know putting it out there you know don't open the closet and you know pretty much just teaching fear Mm. i don't know if it's intentionally or not whether it's intentionally or not uh, i don't think i don't know if it's as important but there does seem to be a pattern here to maintain some sort of um some sort of control Yeah, but if we don't know, we don't know who set these parameters. We mm. don't know, we can guess why they set these parameters. And we don't even know when these parameters were set. So yeah. if we look at it, I'm being led by I don't know who and I don't know what and I don't know why. Yeah. And then a lot of the things that it seems that become culture have sets of behaviors that have been programmed and come into over a long time but are they necessarily where did they come and they start from is my way of thinking this is it because i've been trained to do this or is it because really what i actually think Is me, what I call losing this race, is it a bad thing or is it just that I've been trained that you have to win the gold medal to have any kind of credibility or is that just what I've been taught or trained? Hmm. We're playing chess. If you play chess a day a hundred times against a hundred first time players and you win a hundred times yes mm-hmm. you've won every game yes what about if i play a hundred times against a hundred grandmasters and i lose a hundred times out of us who has won mm. i would say you because you've, you've learned uh, a lot in those hundred games So that means to say that what we call winning or losing may not have actually always have to do with winning or success or failure or whatever it is. Because 
yes, I would say that being a hundred grandmasters and playing them, I mean, beating a hundred times is extraordinary. The fact that I even got to play a hundred grandmasters yeah. <laughs> is uh, that's extraordinary. Yeah. Every game I learned something against the best in the world, but I may have lost, but I won. Yeah. Yeah, perception is is powerful and and our ability to reframe things and to to ask the question why, to question our biases and our our sort of um our programming. So when, when we become aware of it and we can ask the question why, um, we don't even have to go into it to, you know, it could be never ending, finding the, 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 the source as we, as we talked about, um, you know, who's, who started it all. You know, you could go, you could say Christopher Columbus, you could go back to the Big Bang, you know. Um, but just recognizing that, what and questioning it questioning you know why is why would this be more true than something else i can create something else you know so i can approach this in a different way that's new and fresh and um you know just as valid with leaving room that is, you know, it is an experiment, you know, it, it could be a mistake, but at least, you know, I find when I've done that and, and question it and try things um, in a, you know, in, in, in a different way, and maybe just looking at things in a different way, it is, I feel more alive. It opens up something, whether it's, there's mistakes or not, it does kind of get you out of this track, this one-way track. And I think um, Jimi Hendrix put it really well. When all these ideas and concepts about me and the toxic masculinity or toxic immaturity, and Jimi Hendrix said, all these things are like castles made of sand which fall into the sea. Yeah. Eventually, 